cliffcentral.com All right. <laughs> we are here on a Tuesday morning and we are live. You just missed uh, an epic sneezing attack. <laughs> we might have another one just now. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Jack says to me, it sounded like rocket fire. Yeah. Something was about to lift oh, off. No, goodness, I'm in Gaza. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, let's get cracking, everybody. We got things to do, people to see, places to go. Yes, so please. much to talk about this morning. Mm. Tuesday on cliffcentral.com, and so many cool things. Among other things, this morning, uh, Democracy 101, 101. Yep. which is where we keep uh, track on the build up to the elections, which I think people are more excited about than I've ever seen them. Yeah. I don't think it's saying too much. I think it says a lot, actually. Well, yeah, but I mean, people genuinely give a shit. Yeah, which is nice. Which is great. That's, I mean, that's always fun. You don't. You don't have to. Uh, you know. You used to go out with. Uh, and I'm. I'm always interested in politics. I would always talk to people about what was happening in the elections, and, and there were always a lot of them that were, nah, not really that interested. Yeah, and most of the time uh, before this not year. Now. Yeah. Before this year, whenever you bring up politics or elections, you wouldn't get too many intelligent responses. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, they're just crooks. And right. that's it. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, thanks for that nugget. <laughs> yeah, really I helpful of you. I feel so informed you're, right you're now. You're so insightful. <laughs> oh, my God. Never thought of that before. Wow. Hey, uh, the good news this week, because this is something I've been firmly on the side of this guy for the longest time, uh, is that the Vodacom Please Call Me guy. Mm. He gets a monster payday. Yep. So I don't know if you saw this, but Kenneth Nkwazana Makate's victory against Vodacom for his please call me idea sparked a legal dispute over compensation. So during the Supreme Court's ruling, in his favor, the exact amount remains contested. Uh, Makate is a former Vodacom finance manager, rejected an offer of $47 million mm-hmm. from the company's CEO. So that's obviously at the very low end yeah, of definitely. what he's going to get. The Supreme Court of Appeals ordered Vodacom to pay him between... 5 and 7.5% of the total revenue gener- generated by the project over 18, over 18 years, years plus interest. Mm. He's declined to disclose his expected compensation, stating the court's order should be implemented first. So now they're going to have to go and calculate how much this please call me has made them. Over 18 years. Over 18 years. That is insane. It's a big payday. You see, if they had big just paid payday. him in the beginning... If they had just settled with him right in the beginning. They would have saved themselves all this pain. But you know, this is typical because these companies are so arrogant and they think, oh, well, this is a little guy. We'll just yeah. wrap him up in court you know, for months and years, mm-hmm. which is what they tried to do. And, and I don't want anyone standing up for Vodacom on this because as much as I'm all for capitalism, this isn't capitalism. This is like, this is, this, this, is, this is extortion yeah. by them. And- you know, I'm never on the side of the big guy in a situation like this. And nobody should be, really. Yeah. This dude, fair and square, came up with this thing. They fought it. The courts decided exactly that. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. These guys uh, have, have no ideas of their own, um, these big corporations. So they, they hide behind teams and teams of lawyers. Mm. And then when they don't win... They pout. They go, oh, but poor us. So guess what they're <laughs> going to do now? These sons of bitches. They're going to hike their prices because they're going to have to pay this guy. Yeah. So they're going to make you pay yeah. for him. 
mm-hmm. for their stupidity in not settling with him at the beginning. Exactly. Not giving him credit. Now you're going to pay as, as a Vodacom. I'm, I'm not with them, so I could care less. Yeah, same here. In fact, um, if, if uh, I were a, I don't know, if I were a person that could get movements going, I'd actually get people to boycott Vodacom until they pay this man every cent that he deserves. Hey, Ryan, by the way, there's still music playing over us on the app. So just kill that somewhere, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, so I would, I would I'd galvanize people to just not use Vodacom services anymore until well, they pay the man. Well, if you're a user, I mean, I'm not a user, so it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, people are going to, as you said, they're going to pay a lot more for, the, for that service just to pay this guy. Just Meanwhile, truth be told, they actually do have the money. It's not that they don't. Well, you see, I don't feel sorry for these telcos anyway because, uh, and MTN have got their own pile of, uh, of shit now because they're involved in Iran and as mm, you know, that's yeah, yeah, not yeah, looking yeah. so good. Yeah. Celsi is a disaster. So, mm-hmm. I mean, between all three of the big telcos, and I think Jack and I are both on Telcom. Yes, we're, we're we are. like, yay, we'll yeah, take go, it. go. You know, you know Telcom please. used to be the joke of all of them. <laughs> yeah, actually, Vodacom have got this "please call me" thing. MTN have got the Iran thing. Celsi is still in complete disarray. Who yeah. knows what they've been doing for the last? I, few years. I haven't actually seen any Celsi branding in a nah, very long time. I don't even know. I, I forgot about them completely. I think they don't have any marketing budget. Uh, who knows? Yeah. But, but those three are finished. Uh, and, you know, I don't feel a single sad sell for those people. Sell are used on purpose. You know, <laughs> yeah. Double entendre. But I remember how they used to charge us two rand fifty in SMS back in the day. Oh, yeah. That was a real thing. Back in the day. That was so a real thing. I can remember when they were scalping us. Mm-hmm. They were charging like a wounded buffalo. I don't feel... Any sympathy, none whatsoever. They would, there were there were days where data. Now it's obviously cheaper because there's so many other people in the market. And again, right. this is the wonder of capitalism. This is what makes it so great, is that there are new people who've come in. There's rain. There are all these other guys who are now saying, "Well, we we'll give you this huge uh, ten gigs of free data." Yeah, if you sign up with us. But we must never forget how these people used. All of us to start up these massive businesses. And you remember they used to be advertising for them everywhere. everywhere. They were, like right now, you could see all the advertisings coming from the online betting people. Right. It used to be the the telcos. Before that, it was the cigarette companies. and mm, you know, When they could still advertise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there were a whole lot of these. There's a different stage in all of this. But I think it's hilarious. And I don't care. It's good. I actually only feel sad for you know, people that are not part of higher management, people that just go to work every single day just to put food on the table. Those are the people I have, you know, an iota of some sort of feeling towards. But I mean, these top brass people, nah, Nah, they can go jump. Actually, uh, I had a conversation the other day because we went to see them, um, all of them. We saw all three when we were launching Cliff Central and we were like, listen, guys, how about you zero rate this to help along a brand new media platform in a, in a new world where there are going to be lots of other people. I mean, we were, we were the first big podcasters and we said to them, they're going to be a lot more. And yeah. they are now, right? Yes. They're, like, they're everywhere. Yeah, and everybody's got a podcast now and that's good. Mm-hmm. But they were like, nah, 
we don't need to do that. Let your listeners pay. I was like, all right. So now, don't expect any sympathy from me. <laughs> what right? goes around comes yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. That one we are not going to tolerate at all. Mm-mm. At all. Mm-mm. At, at all. all. I've said, I've said. <laughs> I love all right, that guy. Uh, Jack Matlante, what's on your mind this morning? Bro, what so... What are you thinking about on a Tuesday? Um, you know, I, I'm always... Uh, it always puts a smile on my face when... South Africans just give a middle finger to the government and authorities <laughs> and they decide must be our internal rebelliousness. Yeah. Like they just don't care. Like, uh, there's this really cool, um, community in, uh, Limpopo close yeah. to Beggar's Fort, uh, yes. at talk. So instead of sitting on their laurels and complaining that these Amazamas are fucking up the land, yeah. they actually rolled their sleeves up and got to work. And they've been filling up the trenches and all the holes that these Amazamas leave behind. So instead of waiting for the government to show up with some sort of a solution, they got down to work. So they chased out all of those illegal miners and filled up all the trenches that these guys left behind. You see, I do love these resourceful self-starters. Yeah. Who... I mean, I keep thinking of, of all those, those small towns across South Africa where the people of the town go and they fill the potholes. Mm. Not the, the, the municipality, no. not the local, you know, kind of councillors. It's the ordinary people. Every they go and they fill people. the potholes. Yeah. They fix the sewerage system. They fix the plumbing and electricity. They, they, they sort out as much as they can. Now, there's a limit yes, to what is. you can do as a community. You can't run a power plant. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, that's beyond the scope of most small towns true let alone the big towns Mm -hmm. but there are things you can do there's a lot that we can do and and it also shows just how how much we can get done when we are better organized as everyday people instead of having to wait for some town hall meeting and all of this stuff these guys just came together had a discussion they were like okay we've got a problem does anyone have a creative solution to this and someone put their hand up and then they followed their lead last wednesday we drove through um I'd say Crown Mines, Rosettenville, that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I haven't been through for a long time. And, yeah. and and Pumi was in the car with me and she said to me, this is where all the Zamazamas are. And we could see them. They were doing their thing there. Yeah. Nobody's stopping them. Nope. Nobody's uh, arresting them. But Rosettenville was like, hmm. Ooh, it's Dutch, it's hey. hi, hey, man. Like you could see, that's the sort of place where people end up in a bath with their organs removed. Genuinely, right? That that, that place reminds me of Soweto <laughs> in the early nineties, like where there were like even certain Dodgy. places that you were afraid to go to. Like, do you so, know what I mean? Rosettenville is like, hey man, it it, it it jumped out of a horror movie, right. a South African version of a horror movie, rather. Mm. Like, ugh. no, no, it's a very scary place. It I'm, is. It I is. Mean, that's uh, so. There used to be this famous Portuguese restaurant out there. That was the last time I was there. It was probably January of last year. Mm-hmm. And it was at night. And, and this restaurant is famous. It's like they really make amazing. I wish I could remember the Pararinha or Palaparinha. I can't remember. Anyway, someone in the comments will remind me because it's, it's this institution. It was famous. Yeah. They eventually, after you know, trying to keep Rosettenville alive for years, they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we can't do here. this. And they'd been there for, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, maybe? That's insane. Yeah, they had ties hanging from the ceiling that some old guy had put up there when they discovered gold. They, oh, my God. <laughs> no, and now I they're mean, gone. It's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, sure. But this place was quite famous. And I remember parking outside there on this 
weeknight when we were there for someone's birthday. And I thought, look, I'm sure the food's okay, but I would never come here just for a good meal. Yeah, just there voluntarily, of, yeah. You know what? Honestly, uh, just... Just give me Mr. Delivery. Yeah, let's call it a night. <laughs> I'm okay with not Let having us to drive call. here. And you know, like a lot of people call you a coward or a punk or whatever. Yeah. It's like, look, I'll be the coward today yeah. if I'll see tomorrow. Like, oh. I'm not gambling like that just to get a meal. You're trying it's not to get home on three wheels. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Alliance says they've franchised. They're in Melrose. Yeah, but now oh, what are they no. called? This is what I'm trying to... I'm trying to give these guys credit because they really did. They, they stayed to the bitter end. Yeah. You know, they waited until it was just them and drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, okay. La Parina. La Parina. Oh. I can't, I can't speak Portuguese, but that's my best attempt. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, property. You did a lot better than I would have. I can guarantee you that. I love it. So active citizenry. We yeah. see it happening uh, here, there, and everywhere. Very, very good news. I love it. Yeah. Um, there was also a story the other day in the news about a bunch of people I think it was somewhere in KZN. They got together and they decided they're not paying their rates and taxes mm-hmm. to the municipality. They're going to start a trust account, mm-hmm. which they did with lawyers, and they are paying it into there. They will not hand over the money until the municipality does its job. See what I, now, now that's no. leadership with character. Absolutely, I mean? and it it can it can be done it can be see it, it takes the first brave few people this is like what happened with etols mm. when mm. in the beginning we all thought oh no we're going to have to hand over thousands of rands every month to these crooks and vultures yep you remember it was like a whole bunch of anc people who were involved and then they were they were asking us to like get our licenses redone every three years or something ridiculous. Then they were going to charge us for driving on the roads, which is insane. that we'd already paid for. Exactly, and and people just went, nah, no, not going to happen. Actually, that's not going to happen. Not not and today. Satan. I think I think the most annoying part about those stupid etols is that there were like fifteen of them in a stretch of thirty kilometers. Like, why should there be so many of them in the first place? I don't yeah, get it. I mean, they even they tried to give them like cool, like animal names. It's like we don't care. Name them after birds. <laughs> no, South Africans care. are like, all no. we care about is that you dismantle this shit. Yeah, get it off my road. Now they look like all year <laughs> Christmas decorations because they're always on. But and I guess don't think. What? Uh, they're still fixing roads, so they didn't, uh, and no one's paying their e-tolls. Yeah, so no one. It was is. pure scalping. That's all yeah. they were doing. They were stealing, creaming off the top. Yeah, Some and bitches. typical of the ANC-led government, um, e-tolls. Like we did not meet four of the eight criteria needed for those things to actually be viable in this country, and yet they still put them up. Oh, well, not surprised. <laughs> Uh, somebody says, though, that they tried that whole thing of um, starting a trust account of paying money into it in Westville in mm. KZN, mm-hmm. and it did not have a good outcome. For some reason, I think it was somewhere else that I've been talking about, but I'll, I'll check up on that and make sure that I don't. What does he mean by they didn't have a good outcome? What does that exactly I mean? I think it just failed. They challenged it in court and eventually decided they couldn't do it. That was the case in Westville, but I do remember a, uh, there's, a, there's another place where they've tried it and successfully mm-hmm. been able to um, – to, to put their money into this trust account and to not let the municipality get hold of it until they've done their job. I, we've got to hold their feet to the fire. We have to. In whatever way we can. Genuinely. You know, um, again, and I don't want to talk about this too much because we've spoken about it ad infinitum over the last, feels like 14 years because it probably is. Mm. But this load shedding thing is so outrageous. Yeah. 
um, yesterday. I don't know how much power you had. Uh, by 8 p.m. it was gone. So a friend of mine in a little village, town, said to me that he hasn't had power for like days. Which for means, days. Which means they haven't had water for days. Which means they haven't been able to wash clothes, any of that shit. Cook, clean, any, I mean, that's, that, that's just horrible. Right, and, and then we have a government that talks to us about like, oh, but in the constitution they talk about human dignity. If people don't have electricity and water in 2024, guess what? They don't have any dignity. They don't. Yeah, Lichtenberg, there we go. The Lichtenberg people have a trust, Shani says. Mm. Good work. That's not, in, work. that's not in KZN, but yes, excellent. Those yep. are the people I think I was, I was um, indicating uh, have done this as an experiment. We actually need to see a lot more of that. You know, I, like instances like those are uh, the reason I now feel like South Africans are getting pissed off enough, mm. right? Because you cannot be consistently angry without doing something about it. And also, you can't be angry without coming up with a plan. There you go. Like, you can't just be angry. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just histrionics. Yeah. You know, you'd expect that from a, an infant. Mm. They just have a tantrum and nothing constructive ha- comes from the tantrum. Mm-hmm. You actually have to figure out a way that you're going to now solve this problem yourself. Because you, yeah. you clearly can't rely on the government. Now, obviously, there's some things that you cannot do. Sure. And that even a small or a large community of people cannot achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, things like power generation, for example. But there are lots of other small things along the way that you can That you do. can put together, yeah. And, uh, and, and I've always believed this, and I mean, it's now February, so for a lot of people, tax month. Mm-hmm. You should not give a single solitary cent to this government that they don't deserve. Yeah. That you are not legally obliged to hand over. Yeah. If you give them one cent more than that, as I've said many times, you are an accessory to a crime. Mm. Yep. And when Roman was here a couple of weeks ago, mm. um, he mentioned the fact that they only collect about 20% of it anyway. Like the rest of it is just compliance, which means yeah, SARS is actually, yeah. so we're actually a hole in the wall, technically. Well, it's like they just... We, we, most people, you know, somebody said to me the other day, the thing about tax is that it is actually voluntary. Yeah. You know, they, they, if you're not compliant, clearly they'll come after you. Mm. But our law still maintains that it is a voluntary system. How voluntary? I'm not sure. Cause if you don't pay, this they'll the, put you in jail. There you go. As they've done with many people. Mm. Anyway, on a serious note, says Mac, what the fuck is the cause of the sabotage? Come on. Well, it's a good question. I think it's people who are on the take and people who have contracts to fix things. Yeah. Inside of, and, and all you have to do to figure out who's responsible for this is find out who's replacing the things. Yeah. Who gets paid to bring in new parts and to restore the thing to, then go after those people, take away their contract, sue them to pieces in court, put them in jail yeah. for sabotaging the country, mm-hmm. for treason, in fact. They should be put in jail for treason. As well as the people that were the ones in charge of putting them in those positions. Correct. Yes, correct. Because exactly. they are just as guilty. See, again, a lot of our problems go away in this country. In fact, I would say most of our problems would go away in this country if there was just accountability. Yeah. And by accountability, I mean people being put in jail. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about people who are not tax compliant. While that's a problem for any government to deal with, that should not be their priority problem. Their priority problem should be who is stealing the money you've already collected in taxes. There and you who's, go. Who's embezzling that? Mm-hmm. And, and who's sabotaging our infrastructure? 
Um, we can have a we have a commie ruling party, says Congo. Chris, no water or electricity is a predictable outcome. Well, you know what communism is, right? It's trying to make everybody equally unhappy. Which, That's what it is. That's what equity really is. When someone uses the word equity, say to them, "Oh, so you mean to make everyone equally miserable?" That's what it, it is. It's 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 such a bad plan of action. And we, what else does history need to teach us about communism? Like, haven't we learned enough? Well. Someone said to me yesterday, um, they want me to debate Julius about socialism. But the problem is, like socialists all have this one fatal flaw. It's like, a, it's like an error in the source code mm. that nobody really has ever bothered to correct. And I don't know where it comes from. It might be, it might be in, the, in, in the fact that socialism is so appealing to a certain kind of... <laughs> simplistic and basic brain Mm. it it, it appeals to people on some sort of level that logic doesn't and it is this it is that somewhere deep down inside every commie believes they will do it right they'll implement it right oh so the problem is not the ideology it's who was putting it it, that's what they always say they say oh no well the reason it didn't work with castro's because castro was not the best leader or they say it wasn't it's stalin wasn't clever enough yeah like stalin is dumber than you wow you know you could say a lot about stalin but he wasn't as stupid as most of the people who proffer themselves right now as mm-hmm. leaders mm. and oh no it couldn't have been uh noriega oh not noriega um who was the other one well there's lenin there's trotsky mm. there's mm. mao that you you choose take and pick your communist leader from anywhere in the world ho chi minh there's tons Perfect. of them. Yeah. Choose one. Yeah. Which which one of those guys are you cleverer than? And and you'd be hard pressed to find. Prove it, it to me. We, we'll do a little test. I'll show you some of the things they did during their term of office, and they still caused the death of hundreds of millions of people. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. But you're going to get it right. Mm-hmm. So what it does, it appeals to some sort of reptilian ego in people that no, well, it'll all be fine. I'm just the guy who's got to do it. Like super super narcissism. Mm, anyway, yeah, I don't. I don't think we must go on with this because yeah, no, it's, it is. It really is. You want to talk about Tucker Carlson's uh, rise as an alternative to mainstream media? You this know, is, what? people are just losing their minds about this interview. You know, before he even broadcast the interview with Putin, there were people actively, including Crooked Hillary, trying to prevent us from watching it. Yes, not and just not just that. There might be. They hadn't even seen the interview themselves, and they were like, "You mustn't watch this." Yes. Pay no attention. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold this. Up, my, put my hand over your eyes. They were calling Tucker Carlson a member of MAGA, and all of this stuff. Like uh, they called him the MAGA mouthpiece on CNN, if I'm not wrong. And it was like, wait, can we just watch the thing and see what happens? And no one. No, they don't want you to watch. They don't want you to watch it at all. No. So, in fact, the God big forbid shout out. You should choose for yourself. Big shout out to Elon Musk for letting these things happen on his platform. Thank you so much for that. Because I don't, I can't imagine YouTube would have been running to post this interview. You know, um, if he hadn't bought X Twitter, yeah, I wonder if we have ever seen anything like this. I wonder like, if we no. ever have heard. Look, Putin is going to stand up for his point of view and for Russia. Of course. We knew what was getting. We, there was always a bit of propaganda baked into the cake, right? He's there got always a, is, yeah. He's got an angle. His yeah. angle is, oh, let me tell you for half an hour about the history of Russia. Mm-hmm. And I watched the whole interview. Mm-hmm. And he even, 
everybody's so impressed with his knowledge of Russian history. And he sat there for, you know, 30, 35 minutes. And Combing was, right was, through was it, relaying yeah. right through. But there are things that he conveniently left out and there are mm-hmm. things that he's not saying because it doesn't fit his narrative for Ukraine. But at least he put together an argument. There you go. And for people who've never heard any history lesson or haven't bothered to pick up a book, must have been really impressed sitting there going, wow, this Putin really knows his stuff. But frankly, I wonder if any of our leaders in this country could talk about South African history for a half an hour. I I don't think they could. I don't think there's anyone in parliament, and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, if there's someone in parliament who's really well-versed in this, I will give you 40 minutes on this show to come and tell, give us a lecture in South African history. But there I, you go. I'm pretty sure, I think I'm safe here. I'll put my money on the line. I'll say there isn't anyone in parliament in South Africa who would come in here without notes and tell us the story of this country from, you know, 1300, 1400, wherever. Right, pick, a, right. pick a day. Pick I mean, a time, Putin yeah. Putin started with the, uh, the, the, the Vikings. He started yeah. in like 800 AD. I, I would have thought he would have started with the Bolshevik revolution and all of this stuff but he went deep like he went all the way back which is and i think it's also important that we do not forget that you need to hear different views from different people like how is it okay for us to listen to american propaganda and not listen to russian propaganda yeah we can all point out that okay sure he skipped over a few things but We know when we're being, I mean, there have always been fake news outlets. Of course. People think this is something new because of the internet. There used to be whole newspapers that used to print magazines in this country that used to print stories about aliens and women who'd given birth to children with five heads. Yeah, right. Yeah, like uh, monsters at the bottom of lakes. People flying with brooms. This is people flying with brooms. (laughs) This is not even that old. and It's not. And people know that I think deep down inside, there are always going to be a certain number of people in society who will believe everything. Sure. And then there are a certain number of people who will believe nothing. Yeah. And it's the people in between who thankfully can sift the difference between the stuff they do believe in, the stuff they don't believe in, and Mm. allow themselves to be persuaded in the light of better evidence. But. Honestly, they hear someone says in the in the comments, and I think this is great. Azalea says the way the main, mainstream media was going after Tucker was actually scary. What don't they want us to know? A lot. That's exactly right. A lot. I mean, Russell Brand is another good example of uh, these these mainstream media hmm. people trying oh, to shut down too. alternative voices. They hate him too. Suddenly, there's this rape allegation from like 20 years ago. So. And on top, of, where what happened to that? Because it's all gone away. It's all gone away. It's, it was purely established as a tactic yeah. to dismantle Russell Brand. Right. And there's so many other people. This is the, the last refuge of a scoundrel. Is they like, oh, this guy's getting a little uppity. He's saying things we don't like him to say, so we'll go after him in mm. whatever crooked, made-up, bullshit way we can. Yeah. Of course it's going to amount to nothing. And uh, ultimately, uh, as long as there are people of sound mind that are still open enough to hear both sides of the argument. I'm, I'm keeping my faith in people, not these uh, established mainstream media outlets where, you know, every single news report has, has, is, is, is sprinkled with whatever ideology or, no, there's always an you know, agenda. They're always that pushing agenda, an yes. agenda. 
Uh, all of them have got it this agenda sprinkled you all see, over it. You, you're the kind of person who, and that's one of the reasons I like having you on the show, is you, you, you go and read stuff and you figure it out for yourself. And yeah. Sometimes that's a bit of an effort. Too many people in this world are in such a hurry to have a, a ready-made opinion mm. out of the can. Yeah. Oh, here's an opinion. I'll just pretend this was mine because it, it makes them sound like they've done their homework. Yeah. But to do the homework's much harder. Mm. You know, with Google these days, with the int- the entire internet, all of human knowledge on these devices, yep. and people are still too lazy to go and check on stuff. And they say, you know, that again, lazy thinking. People go, well, you can look up anything these days, so you don't need to have a general knowledge. Nonsense. No. It's not the information itself. It's how you, you- can understand, mm. interpret, yep. and regurgitate useful information there you that go. makes you smart. That not is the it. fact that you have access to it. Everyone on planet Earth the poorest person on planet Earth and the richest person on planet Earth could have, theoretically, mm-hmm. access to exactly the same amount of information. Exactly right. The oldest and the youngest. Mm-hmm. The person at the furthest flung corner of Antarctica can have access to information thanks to satellites beaming down all kinds of data to them. Right. As the people who are in the biggest city on, on planet Earth. Because Give it's, me this nonsense. People, people are of the opinion that acquired knowledge is intelligent. No, it's the application of acquired knowledge there we go. that is so, intelligence. So when I hear people complaining about Tucker Carlson, mm. fair enough, you might not like him. You might think he's a right winger. Mm. You might say, oh, he's got no credibility. He was fired by Fox. I mean, Hillary Clinton went out and said, oh, he's been fired so many times. He's been fired once as far as I can tell. Yeah. You, honey, were fired twice. <laughs> Multiple times, yeah. You were fired twice. <laughs> you were fired as first lady. And, and won't that woman just as, shut up? You were fired like, before you even ran for president. Oh, no my one, God. No one in America likes Hillary Clinton. No one. Who does like Hillary Clinton? Not even Bill. Anyway. Not even Bill. Yeah, I mean, Bill, just keep your wife at home, bro. Like, anyway, can you just I mean, there's, just, there's never been a less uh, palatable candidate. I mean, mm. she, to be beaten by Trump, she should be embarrassed. Yeah, so actually quite piped down over there. Like we've so, heard enough from you. And that's not to say that uh, you automatically have to love Tucker Carlson. You no. might think he's, he's crazy as well. And maybe he has done some things. And he has, he's obviously um, in the course of what hundreds and hundreds of shows. Yeah. He's bound to have said things that I think are nonsense. Of course. And he worked for Fox News. So there was a gender there too. Large, so let's not. Large proportion of nonsense exactly. is likely to have resided in that show. But that does not cancel out the fact that he could have a eye-opening conversation with one of the world leaders. I, was, I, I mean, it wasn't so much a conversation as it was like Putin like, just listen here, waxing lyrics. <laughs> I mean, Did you see when, so Tucker, in case you haven't watched it, and maybe you don't want to because it's dreary, and I'd understand that, so you don't have to. But there are a couple of moments where like Tucker's going, yeah, but how's this relevant? And Putin goes, no. He's got a translator, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but let me explain. He goes, I thought we were going to have a discussion around this, not make a show. Show, yeah. And I suddenly thought, hmm, he's kind of giving Putin now, giving the middle finger to media as mm-hmm. well because mm-hmm. they always want the sound bite yeah you want the short explanation so dumb people can immediately internalize it and move on try put you in some random corner so yeah. you quote unquote say the wrong thing god and forbid, then people run god with forbid it. you should actually have a, a, a proper in-depth conversation that goes on for longer than two minutes like and it's it seems as if the like we can't put this on tiktok it's no use ah uh, it's it seems as if 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 you 
have um, uh. a genuine conversation with someone without that soundbite, it seems as if it didn't happen. Like no one has the attention span uh, to well, sit around and actually watch. We were even joking the other morning. Uh, Ryan brought me this video of like Drick is saying things about the government on some interview. Yeah. And then there's half the screen is this car driving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. he's like crashing off the thing, going over ramps. Yeah. And I said to him, what's that? Because I don't go on TikTok, right? Yeah. So he said to me, oh, no, they do this on, on video to keep your attention. So they've worked out. I mean, this is how clever the, the guys in China who put these algorithms together are. They, they, they figured out how dumb people in the West are. They're like, you guys are so stupid. We'll put this video of like what looks like a, a video game of a car yeah. driving through the atmosphere on oh, a see-through road or whatever. <laughs> we have to put this here because you can't concentrate on this interview for long enough. Mm-hmm. So we'll put this in here and dumb you down even more. And the video, half of the time, is not even a minute long. But you need to be, you need to have two things because you, and, and people go, oh, I can multitask. No, you No, can't. you can't. I hate to break it to you. You can't even task. <laughs> Forget the multi. Oh, my goodness. So um, we need to go back to books, says Hermine. I think that might be a solution. Mm. Um, but Gareth, that's wisdom, the understanding of knowledge. Yes, that's also true. But yep. knowledge in, on its own is no use. There are books and books and books full of knowledge and lots and lots of people who never read them. Yep. It's wasted on those Or people. people that don't actually put that knowledge to work. Congo Chris says that's a myth, Gareth. The internet is not the democratization of information. It's the proliferation of lies, especially state-sanctioned lies. That's why uh, geolocking is a thing. Well, I know how to get information that I'm looking for about all kinds of things. I'm not talking about controversial political stuff. I'm talking about things that I'm interested in, chemistry and Mm -hmm. history and you can find that info and the internet has been tremendously helpful in that respect. And I think people understand that you can't Google something and look at the first uh, result and yeah, think that's the gospel. Sometimes you have to go. Uh, you have to go. You have to dig a little bit tree. deeper. Sure. Like, and there are other search engines too. Let's not say that go. Google's the only one that you, mm-hmm. you should use. You know, uh, Azalea says again here, Tucker and Piers Morgan, the same WhatsApp group also Piers is now going to be exclusively on YouTube. He's leaving mainstream TV. I didn't know that. I, I thought didn't he know was, that either. Because yeah. he's been on what, Talk TV or something? Some, some uh, new yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, media Cheers channel. Morgan there. Unscripted. It's no. just that he, again, I think, you know, when you work for these corporations, you have to, uh, you know, toe the party line sure. and you, you no, someone, you're not allowed to speak about something. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And it, it's, it seems as if people's thoughts have been held hostage by their financial... Uh, well, I guess they're, they're, they're paymasters. Yeah. Um, they have why, to pay the piper, I guess. Why we started what we started here 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago this it's year. It's been 10 years. It's crazy, right? <laughs> that is crazy. So I see a couple of people just staying out of the politics. Mapadima uh, saying uh, good morning. Everybody. Good morning, Ma. Keeping it together. And then there was someone else who's new here this morning. So let's welcome uh, somebody new. And it's always... I love the new people who are also brave enough to enter the comments section because that's yeah. a whole different world. Yes, it is. Uh, Amisha says, good morning, everybody. I watch every day. This is my first time live. Hey, Amisha. Hey, nice Amisha. Good morning. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Mapelo says, I skip those videos of the bouncing car. I find them patronizing. I skip them no matter what the content is about. Yeah. Good for you. It's like I also do that when I see 
obvious clickbait. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll serve you up an ad when you're on Instagram or on YouTube or on whatever platform you happen to be on. And I will skip them as quickly as I can. Yeah. And I hate all these games where you like got a shooter and then he goes through this net and plus Oh, yeah, four. and then the plus five. Like, and the, oh, I, man. I hate these things so much. <laughs> and they're everywhere now. They are. And I've never clicked on them, but they keep serving this shit to me. Don't they realize it's putting me off? It's not making me happy. I've never, ever clicked on it. I'm never going to play your stupid game. You know, for whatever reason, sometimes the algorithm can be very stubborn. Yo. Like, ridiculously stubborn. And, and I have... I have YouTube Premium, so I have an ad blocker on there. Yeah. So I should be seeing less than anyone else, but mm-hmm. for some reason I'm still getting... It's still popping up. Anyway, I, I, I just find it very bizarre that we aren't all talking about what nonsense gets served up to us every day on uh, our own... We bought these devices. We paid for it yep. with our own money. We right? pay for the data. We pay for the data, and then they still have the cheek to keep putting crap in front of our faces that we didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, I watched this uh, really cool documentary a couple of years ago. It's called The Social Dilemma. And it actually mm-hmm. explains that you as the, uh, I guess, the, the viewer on your digital device, you are the product. Yeah, like, that's it. The point is to keep you locked on that phone long enough for their advertisers to make money. So the less you are on these devices or at least not using them for just useless things, the better. Like, and as much as these algorithms are really intelligent and all of this shit, it's still a computer and it's going to feed you things that it thinks will make them more money. So it is totally. And and some some people, yeah, they all think that they're smarter than this. You're yeah. not. I, I'm not. You're not. Nobody yeah. is. We, mm-hmm. We're all being used. I was online yesterday for a very long time. I had four online meetings. I suddenly felt like I was back in COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't come into the office because I had these four online meetings. It meant my whole day was, you know, like I'd grab a cup of tea in between and I tried to do some some uh, physical exercise so I wasn't sitting the whole time. Yeah. But basically I went from online meeting to online meeting. And it was weird. I haven't had a day like that in ages. Mm. So I had this whole setup at home and I was, you know, microphone and the same setup I use for the show. Sure. But I was basically sitting there from six in the morning when we started the show with little gaps in between, in between until yeah. eight o'clock last night. It was chaos. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't like being in front of a screen for two It doesn't, it doesn't sound fun. It really no. doesn't. Um, the other thing that uh, we've got to talk about this morning. This is quite interesting. South African motorists have braced for a toll fee surge. (laughs) Mm. Effective in March, here's how much you'll pay. So we will face a 6.25% increase in toll fees. These guys are going to be careful uh, because we will not pay this either. I mean, this is the one where you have to go up to the toll booth, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently on the Platinum Toll Road and the N17 Toll road, motorists can anticipate paying between seven and 685 rand for toll road usage. That is such an insane yeah. jump. Like, <laughs> this won't apply to e tolls, which are slated for removal. Sanral spokesperson Fuzimona said he's still got a job, hey, Fuzimona. Somehow, somehow. He was there for. Do you remember those e-toll booths in the in the shopping malls we all used to laugh at? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No one ever went to them. Yeah. There was always some poor person sitting there going. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, I'm here. I wonder if anyone's going to see I me today. I felt so sorry for those people because that is the absolute epitome of meaninglessness and purposelessness. <laughs> yeah. We had someone on the show yesterday talking about, you know, your life's got to have a purpose. Sitting in one of those eToll kiosks yeah. in the shopping malls. Just twiddling your thumbs the entire day. Unbelievable. Rah. Anyway, so they're scrapping the eTolls. But uh, Vusi Mona has been there for ages mm -hmm. at uh, Sanrel. He said that the hike aligns with inflation. Oh, okay. So <laughs> because the government can't manage the economy, we have inflation. And then because the economy has inflation, we must pay more, more. for you to do what you've always done at the same level and standard that you've always done it. Uh, Who gets squeezed? We do. Yeah, correct. Bend over. Uh, the fees vary by vehicle class with discounts available for frequent users. Vuzimona acknowledged economic challenges. Oh, really? That's nice of you. Ugh. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Oh, we acknowledge. Why do we even... Don't include that line in there. It just pisses it, people it, off. It, it, seriously. Oh, if you want to make people angry, go, well, we acknowledge economic challenges. Yeah. Economic challenges. Like, whenever one of these government people say acknowledge or address... That means... They I feel like throwing care. something. It means like, they don't care, but they're going to give ah, it lip service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the, the, the dictionary definition of lip service. They're going to say, we acknowledge economic challenges. Oh, my God. Which we've created. Yeah. Like, I wish, you know how they put those uh, training collars on dogs that have like an electric shock <laughs> whenever those dogs misbehave? <laughs> I wish I could slap one on some of these government people and every time they say acknowledge or we addressed, just bad word, bad Spot word. On. Never say that again. Mapello, I'm going to read this because George will like it from Auto Trader, and they've been a, a loyal client of ours here. So any, any cool thing people have to say about them, I will highlight. Mapello says, I hate YouTube ads, but the only ads I don't skip are the Auto Trader ads. They are very funny. So there we go, George. I hope you're listening. Um, I got to give them credit, at least on those toll roads, the roads are in really good shape. So at least that money's being spent where it's supposed to be. Yes, absolutely. But don't now come and try and find another way to steal our money. At this point, I, I you know, even applauding them for the things that they get right is annoying because yeah, again, it hardly ever happens. And we're so, like, we're so pleased when they do the tiniest little thing right. See what I mean? We're so impressed with them. And they... They get. It's like when your um, your child who's out of control, who just breaks things and shits all over the room, and 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 screams, throws tantrums, and, 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 and cries, mm. and just behaves in like a like an animal. Mm. And then when it stops, you go, "Oh, th that's oh, a good boy," or "That's a good no." That's not. how you should have been. It's exhausted itself. Yeah, it's like, done all the stupid and bad things it could, and it's just run out of energy. That's yeah, all. no, seriously. I think the analogy, excuse me, the analogy you gave um, of South Africans being in a an abusive relationship is exactly that. Like, oh my God, he didn't beat me today. He's such a great husband. No, he's not. He's still the same piece of shit <laughs> from last week. It's just that today, for whatever reason, he decided to behave. Correct. You do not get points for that. You don't. You get points for just being competent. Yeah, you do not. That's the least we expect. Oh, my goodness. But it shows you how low our standards are. Ugh. 
Okay, so we've got a couple of things still to come, including the window seat with travel.co.za. That's going to be next. That's mm-hmm. uh, Judy and Wachetti, who we haven't had in the studio for a while. But uh, Judy, I've known for many years. She used to be at the SABC, and she is the group chief sustainability officer now and executive director of Tourvest. We're going to chat to her in a moment or two. Also, I have to tell you about an interview for tomorrow that you're going to enjoy. I had so much fun. I don't know if he did, but I had so much fun talking to a guy called Tristan Kapp, who calls himself the friendly Satanist Mm. online. (laughs) So when I mentioned that I'm an interview Satanist, there were some people here who were like, ooh, we're not going to be in the building. Sims did not even want to see him. Like, like she I don't stayed want, I don't want to be, far away from I don't him. want to be in the same building as a Satanist. <laughs> but, I mean, after a, just a few minutes of talking to this guy, it's highly unlikely that anyone would be afraid of him. Yeah. Afraid is not on the agenda. What I actually... The, what there is, is... There, there's, there's a bit of a, a an intellectual to and fro. Yeah. And I don't even want to use the word intellectual because I don't think it's the right term. But I think you'd in, you'd enjoy the interview. So that is tomorrow. Uh, don't miss it. The Friendly Satanist on mm. cliffcentral.com. And Democracy 101. We've got a great show for you to, uh, today at 7 o'clock. We're going to speak to uh, Xavier Bapu, who is, of course, a South African patriot, micro-entrepreneur, and a self-educated political analyst. He's going to be starting a show with Jack Mutlante. Yeah. We're going to find out all about that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, Xavier is one of those people that... Once he starts going, it's, it's very hard to stop. He's, he's, he's a train on the tracks. And what I, enjoy, what I enjoy about his opinion is that it's informed. So he's not just randomly pulling things out of the air, thumb sucking and whatnot. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. When he talks, there's, there's a lot to listen to. Well, we're all excited about the upcoming elections, and I think South Africa has uh, reason to be. And we'll get into that in Democracy 101 just after seven. But before we do that, let me welcome to the studio. I can't believe it's taken us so long to get you here because I've been asking for you to come here for a long time. Did they tell you, Judy? Of course not. No, they didn't. (laughs) They don't want you to know how much we like having you in the studio. Uh, Guys, where's that uh, remote for this? uh, Where is it? Behind the screen. There you go. Let me get you on the screen properly here, Judy. Hey, no, 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 no. Nice, no. nice to see. see you. Let's first see if I look okay. No, you look fantastic. No, you look great, yeah. <laughs> no, but I've got no makeup. On. Oh, That's nonsense. the best. Please, man, you look terrific and, and have for years. I don't know how you look so good. So <laughs> I met Judy at the SABC. That is that correct. That was like 14. When you were a child. I was a kid, but you weren't so old yourself. I mean, you were like, uh, you were running uh, all public the public broadcast stations. Yeah. So you've had, you've, I mean, you've really had some adventures in your time, Judy. I sure have, if these walls could talk. <laughs> so you are now uh, the Group Chief Sustainability Officer and Executive Director at Tourvest. Correct. And that's, uh, that encompasses quite a lot of different things. I mean, last uh, year, I remember you, I remember you organized a, a soup kitchen, of all things, on Mandela Day. So you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing a lot of different things. But let's just talk a little bit about sustainability because a lot of people don't even understand what that means and it's an important role in many companies in South Africa and the world. So what does that responsibility involve in in, in your particular portfolio? I think sustainability in tourism as well as in all sectors and facets of the economy and um, industrialised economies as well as developing economies is really around 
the aspiration and the value system of a company that seeks to preserve. So I think that's the important word, is how do you preserve and protect the environment where you operate? And for tourism, of course, the iconic destinations of a country, whether it is your flora, your fauna, whether it is your mountains, your beaches, and of course, Joburg and Gauteng, the underpinning of tourism in this uh, province is, is really the people and the city. And therefore also cultural heritage. It's big. Right? Culture yeah. is big. And so for us, it's really about people, the planet, partnerships that leads to prosperity. How do you minimize the negative and maximize the positive? And I think for us at Tourvest and for players in the tourism sector, it's really getting South Africans to understand that we have assets that the world wants to see and have a piece of. And how do we as South Africans protect those assets? So it's the harmony and the unison of community and environment. That's so important. Um, people might think that sustainability is some made-up thing, but the way you've just described it now, it, it's a big picture portfolio, the, 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 the idea of having to look to the future and see what you want to preserve, as you put it. And, it's and a very big, that's a very big deal. The word, I mean, if you unpack the word itself around sustain, how do you sustain yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you keep yourself going? So for us, uh, sustainability and tourism, tourism is the one sector that gives you immediate entry into the workforce. Because let's face it, um, you know, I'm a, I have a very simple ethos in life, and that is that if you have quality education and if you have good health care, these are the core drivers of you being able to participate in the economy. So that when you look at, you know, for many things, sustainability is clean air. We mm -hmm. all need clean sure. air. We need water. Yeah. We need energy. We need food. And so as the human or the organism needs to sustain itself, industries have to sustain itself. But the delicate balance really is around people and planet and how do you wish to um, occupy that space. But, but I what I like about your definition too is it's not just some like tree-hugging, let's save all the animals. And don't let's, mind uh, tree-huggers. No, <laughs> sure. No, no, but I mean, I mean there's more to it than oh, that. Yes. Oh, yes. And, and also I think for a lot of people when they hear sustainability, what they, what they think deep down inside, because people are, a lot of people are in survival mode and they think sustainability just means let's not run out of. Whereas this is almost like the same reason we have museums, the same reason we have uh, a, a cultural heritage and languages that are worth preserving. Mm. It all fits under the same rubric. Yeah, it's very, and, it's and very it's, important. It's really, I think, more so now um, where the world is in terms of, you know, what are the key drivers, whether it's artificial intelligence, generative AI, mm. climate change, political leadership. Yeah. It's really how do you envisage this future? We have a sustainable we have a sustainable amount of stupid political leadership across the world. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is so true. But but you know, over and above sustainability, it, it's really around your ethos as a company. How do you operate? What 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 does business mean for you? And so I think there was some uh, – many people talk about 
it's not good for business. It's good business. Yeah, mm. so don't be exploitative to the point where you, you run out of runway before 10 years are up because you've, all you've done is just completely extract value from things and move on. And so mining has often been um, perceived and portrayed as an extractive industry and they mm -hmm. have huge reputational issues. Yeah. But for us at, as, at Tourvest, we have a very simple philosophy that underpins our business and that is for us to be successful, the communities where we operate and run businesses, those communities have to be successful. So it is really around the, the unison and we say wherever we go, we have to ensure that those communities thrive because if not, they will burn down your, your business. It's as simple as that. You know, when you talk about communities, there's, there's this elephant in the room that we can't, you know, ignore, the government. Um, and <clears throat> when you think about tourism and all of that stuff, it, is there some sort of an alignment or a common idea between yourself and the government in terms of how you can get yeah, just forgive, tourism? Forgive Jackie, hates anything to do with the government. Yeah, I really, I am. I'm, he I'm, rejects it out of hand, but you've got yeah. to work with them. You've right? got to work with them. So I'm, at least at bare minimum, is there some sort of understanding uh, as far as the idea and the ethos that you're talking about? You see... The one thing is an idea and the other thing is your execution of that idea. Mm -hmm. And so therein lies the devil. And South Africa has no shortage, the continent has no shortage, and the world has no shortage of governments espousing and saying the right thing. Mm. So in South Africa, when our president assumed his role, he did eloquently and deliberately say that tourism is the nascent, sorry for that stupid fancy word, um, industry, <laughs> okay. yeah. where we say that in a way tourism is the new gold. Mm. It is the new lithium. It is the new cobalt, depending on where you are, because yeah. it really is a driver of the economy. But where we fall short, and that is in, in everything we do, is how do you execute that? So for us to increase tourists into South Africa, we need seamless access. Mm. And for any of us and your listeners, Gareth and Jackie, who, who travel to the Middle East, you, you, when, you, when you arrive in some of the countries in the UAE, there is no human interaction from the time you exit the plane to picking up your luggage. You're right. You swipe, mm. you swipe, you go through. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you don't have to deal with someone who's having a bad day. Of mm. course, the computer can have a bad day. Sure. But so th this is where our relationship with government is so key. How do you ensure seamless access into a country when you arrive in a country, that your tourism assets deliver the best visitor experience. So I think, without a doubt, our Minister of Tourism, she absolutely gets it, Patricia Delor. Okay. Um, Gauteng's MEC for, for tourism, Tasneem Motara, they get it. But tourism is also one of those sectors that are codependent on many other sectors. Yeah. So whether it's logistics, key to tourism. The mm. roads must be pothole free. Mm. You need to feel safe. Yep. Your cities, your beaches, all your tourism assets have to be clean. Clean, yes. And 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 so often the the, the fallout is not the Ministry of Tourism, it's all the other ministries that have to deliver. AXA, our airports have to 
invite the tourists. It needs to be clean. The security guards have to ensure that you are safe. I, I so just, this I'd, like is, to, yeah. I'd like to point out a thing that you, you mentioned now, Judy, about how in, in the Middle East, you know, these countries are just unbelievably efficient at processing passengers and that kind of thing. But there's something, and I've always said this, you can go back and listen to shows I did 15 years ago. One of my favorite things about South Africa is when you come back and that person at customs who stamps your your passport says, how are you? And they're smiling. Yeah. And I'd rather have that than a machine that's super efficient, frankly, when they're friendly, which is most of the time. Yeah. But there's a human element that we have and an ability to make people smile that I think makes South Africa pretty significant and exceptional in that respect. I don't want to say that you we're know, the only it's country. It's like now, of course, everybody's called Tim Swallow, so you should actually call me Tim Swallow, Judy. <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah, that so is true. Everybody's when, using When you that arrive word, yeah. at the airport, there's nothing like hearing that South African uh, um, Jabalile <laughs> shouting across <laughs> to someone else, bring me yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and so tourism is about people. Yeah. And it really, and that's the magic ingredient. So I want to share with you. Um, I think one of the things we need to be absolutely clear on is that Gauteng leads when it comes to international arrivals. Mm. Gauteng leads when it comes to tourism spend. Gauteng leads when it comes to length of stay and bed nights. So Gauteng is number one in terms of. Arrivals. Say that again louder for the Cape Townians. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and then it's in Pumalanga, and then it's the Western Cape, and and ah. what gives Gauteng the edge is it is a city. People visit cities often. It's about the people. It's about Inlando, Daideng, mm. and and so for us sustainability, of course, too, really is around how do we as South Africans present ourselves to the world. And and I think here we have to bring in the United Nations sustainability goals because at the moment that is what you build your sustainability practices and your company policies on. And for us at Tuerves, you know, I think it's very – we like to keep things simple. We are a company we, – we are the only company in the world – that operates in all facets of the tourism industry, whether yep. it's accommodation, whether it's uh, travel services, whether it's retail, whether it's shopping. So we, we play a very unique role in the value chain. And, and for me, when you unpack those 17 goals, I think education is the cornerstone of everything you do. So can I ask you specifically, because mm. there are so many things. I could talk to you for an hour, and I wish you were here for longer, but mm. you're on the Tourism Business Council too, and, and they work with the South African Tourism Board. How does that link work, and what exactly do both of them do? So firstly, Tour Vest, like many other major players and, and, and SMMEs in the tourism space, are members of the Tourism Business Council. Okay. And the Tourism Business Council collects levies from tourists, a portion of those levies make its way into the coffers of SA Tourism, and that's the relationship. Okay. And, of course, for us as, 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 as a company, Tourvest, SA Tourism is the arm that markets the destination globally. And so the question really is for us that SA Tourism needs to be effective and functioning at a, at a level that is highly efficient because 
they, they, they are the people, that is the agency that markets South Africa internationally together with, other, with all the other provincial tourism agencies. And, and so it is very important, your question around government, it's very important that your in, institutional arrangements are such that can promote South Africa. So South Africa doesn't have a, a, a perception problem Everybody wants to come to South Africa. I was talking to a global leader yesterday because today we actually launched the Middle East Africa Future Leaders Challenge, which is about our young people and tourism as a career. And he was saying, a, a man that travels the world, mm -hmm. works in many, many countries and many tourism agencies, that South Africa is his favorite place in the whole world. And I think all of us encountered that. So we don't have a problem wanting people to come here. Right. We mm. have a problem in terms of ensuring that more people come and that we change those negative perceptions. And I always say this, including the Premier last week, that Gauteng does not need to and should not want to be any other part of South Africa. We are unique. But what we have to be able to do is, and this is where you guys, Gareth, you come in, this, this is your role in terms of what is the story. Because many, many countries have crime problems. Many countries have crime problems. Yet when you go to Sao Paulo, when you go to Rio, when you go to Mexico, people go there. And the backdrop, quite frankly, could be worse than our backdrop. Hmm. So It, it is. <laughs> it could be. It is. <laughs> having been to those countries. But then once they're here... They realized like there was a lot of uh, ugly propaganda about this place. So true. So we oh. really need to take our story. I'm so and glad tell you're standing story. up for Gauteng. I mean, this is like music. And I'm not to my even ears. born here. I know, <laughs> but you know, people always they, they do talk about Pumalanga. They do talk about the Western Cape, and and I understand. And those places are great. I'm not going to take anything away from them. But it's so nice to hear someone stand up for Gauteng because really we do get. A bad rap yeah. from Unfortunately people. Unfortunately and right? unnecessarily. Yeah. But Gareth, coming back to our approach to tourism. So, you know, we we are the province. We landlocked. But for Tourvest, we operate in Uganda. Uh, we have an amazing lodge in the middle of the Nile. And wow. our approach to, um, to tourism in Uganda and amazing work we've done in Uganda is around ensuring uh, sanitary tiles for young girls in the villages around where we operate. Um, I, in my last trip to Uganda, uh, you can go and jog early mornings with young people from from the uh, the neighbouring village, and this is sustainability. It's 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 really getting into the heart of the community, and. There, you know, when the young person came to meet me, I said, are we jogging or are we running? Because at this pace, <laughs> uh, you know, this is a little bit boring. Can we run? Yeah. Uh -oh. uh, um, and, and so in Uganda, those are the projects we do. And we take our tourists into the community to experience ecosystems of how your agriculture in villages contribute to sustainable livelihoods. And then you move to the other side of of, of of where we operate in in East Africa. So we have won many, many awards for our work in East Africa. We have lodges in the Serengeti. And there a lot of the work is around access to clean water. And we work again with local communities. 
we we are working towards the elimination of plastic, zero plastic you, wherever you, we go. You've given us some very good insights here, and I, as I said, I wish we did have longer, but we're we're yeah. already it's at three minutes over here. Oh no! I just wanted to thank you for coming in and uh, come and see us again. Because yeah. we've got to carry on this discussion. Where I can unpack and I li- actual projects. And I yes. liked uh, Judy's not so humble brag about like, oh, this is jogging. I want to run. I want to run. Yeah. You know, I, did you hear that? <laughs> yes, uh, I she's did. She's like, are you telling East Africans they're slow? <laughs> oh, and they they produce all <laughs> the that runners. Is some, yes. That is some cheek. I love it though. So Judy, thank you so much. Judy is the chief sustainable uh, sustainability officer, the group chief sustainability officer and executive director at Tourvest. It's yeah. very good to have you here. We will see you again soon. And please keep doing the good work that you do. it's World Radio Day today. It is. So we can celebrate that together. Very, very good. Thank you, Judy. So nice to see you. Judy and Wokedi. And we will be back in just a moment or two with Democracy 101, our one-stop shop for elections. Yes, sir. Voter education, talking about the parties, talking about your your, your need to, to understand the systems around democracy. Yep. All of that stuff on the way. Cliffcentral.com.